Episode 5, Curator Yuri Cole. Hello, my name is Michael Delgado and I'm your host. I come to you each week from the fantastic library bar in the spectacular Mayfair Hotel right here in downtown LA. Today I'm meeting Yuri Cole, artist, filmmaker, curator, and founder of both the Venice Institute of Contemporary Art, VICA, and the Fine Arts Film Festival. Like any polymath, Mr. Cole has his hand in several projects. He's here to tell us about two upcoming exhibitions at VICA, in their new galleries and offer a preview of this year's film festival. Yuri's already here, seated comfortably in one of the bar's ample wingback chairs. He's reading Camilla Gray's The Russian Experiment in Art. His long hair accentuates that weathered but athletic look you can only get from a life that involves surfing and growing up in Venice, California. But here, in the bookish setting of the cozy library bar, he looks like a medieval scholar. It's time to meet. You know Geiger's bookstore across the street? I think I may have passed. You know Geiger by sight? Geiger's in his early 40s, medium height, fattish, soft all over, Charlie Chan mustache, well-dressed, wears a black hat, affects the knowledge of antiques and hasn't any. And, oh, yes, I think his left eye is glass. Hello. 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 My name is Michael Delgado, and you're listening to A.G. Geiger Presents, Tales from the L.A. Art Underworld. Today, I'm meeting Yuri Cole. After graduating with a BFA in art and filmmaking from CalArts, Cole began directing documentaries on major artists and his work with curators from the world's top institutions, including the Met, the National Gallery, LACMA, MoMA San Francisco, among others. Recently, his film, In the Steel, a portrait of Mark DeSouvreau from 1991, was accepted into the archives of American art at the Smithsonian. His films have screened in major festivals, including Cannes, the Cork International Film Festival, and the Australian International Film Festival, among others. And in 2011, he founded the Venice Institute of Contemporary Art, and soon thereafter, the Fine Arts Film Festival. All right, so welcome Yuri Cole. Thank you. Excited to be here. Have you been to the Mayfair, Mayfair Hotel before? Yeah, I, I came here um, to meet some of my friends from Go to Beer, uh, San Francisco. Sort of performance troupe, burlesque-ish kind of punk group. They perform at the Edwardian Ball down here. And this is before it was renovated? Yeah, before it was renovated, yeah. I mean, it still had some of the style of what it's got now. Looks pretty cool in here, though. Yeah, they've done a really nice job. I like that a lot. So we're here to talk about Venice Institute of Contemporary Art and cool. what is happening with that. So why don't you just launch? All right, so right now we've got two shows going on. One is Far and Near, and the other is Intangible and Paint. The Far and Near show has three artists from out of town, one from Mexico, one Monterey, Mexico, one from Syria, and the other one from Austria. And the other four artists are from either Venice or Los Angeles or something. And um, 
Then the other show is called Intangible and in Paint, and that is 11 artists in the smaller galleries. So basically we've got um, about four rooms, four big rooms in San Pedro, where we opened our galleries. Even though it's called the Venice Institute of Contemporary Art, we went to San Pedro because we could afford it. <laughs> right. And, and you, but you've been, around, you've been operating the, the institute for a while, right? Out of Venice? And as, how does it work? It, it's well, the, yeah, it? we've been operating, we call it VICA, and we've been operating since 2011. And um, we, had, we have big plans for the future. We want to eventually build a museum, but we started with zero money. So what we decided to do was operate mobily and do shows where we could get space. Um, so they range from well-known museums to galleries to alternative spaces. And we put on exhibitions. So I curate the exhibitions. I have an advisory board that I consult with. And I put on exhibitions according to what feels like important stories about the art world or about art historical stuff. Um, so we've done like, we just de recently did a show last uh, October, November, or excuse me, September, October called Out in the Street, which is a show we did at Museum Gallery, which we love those guys, down on Adams near La Brea. And Michelle Morose runs that space and we did uh, a show with 40 photographers all um, who do street photography. And so that was kind of a precursor to the election. Uh, the Far and Near show has a theme of imminent destruction, you might say, but I didn't want to advertise it like that, so I called it Far and Near. And uh, Shana Niestambro, who writes, who's the editor of the LA Weekly, wrote a review of us and, and hit the nail on the head about what we were going for. We didn't promote it that way, but that's what she understood it perfectly well and wrote some great things about us. And Jeannie Davis also wrote some cool stuff in Artillery. And uh, that was really nice. It was really great to get a couple reviews right sure. after the show opened, which was last, which was January 3rd. And is it still open? Yeah, it's still open. Right. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, it's open till February 28th, both oh, shows. Good. And where is that again? That's in San Pedro at the Loft. It's uh, 401 South Mesa Street down in San Pedro. And you can find out about it on the website, which is veniceica.org. Uh, or just look up the Loft San Pedro, you'll find it. Um, and it's pretty cool. We tried it. We realized it's kind of a challenge for people to make it all the way down to San Pedro. So we try to show things that you will not be able to see anywhere else and probably won't ever see anywhere else. And that's well, that, that kind of sums up San Pedro anyway. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, Ben Jackal has an has an ongoing series of exhibitions in the USS Iowa right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I wanted to get down and see. Do you yeah. know how long that's going to be up for? I, I don't I know the dates, but he... Like, uh, the, the maquettes and stuff sounded great. Yeah, know? totally. I haven't seen it yet. We've been making plans to, like, hook up and... Uh, I feel guilty because you can hop on the gold line from Chinatown and I could be there post-haste. I didn't know the gold line goes there. Well, you got to hook. I mean, I can get the gold line in Chinatown, and then you got to get on the blue line or whatever it is. Yeah. But I mean, I can, it's an easy metro ride. Oh, cool. Far out. Yeah. 
Well, that's good to know. And it's a quick jaunt down the 405 or the 110, whatever it is. It takes about the same time for me to get from my studio in Venice, where we have our offices and stuff, to uh, my galleries as it does for me to get to LACMA. Yeah. Like well, it's, yeah. It's yeah. the same. But but it's it's a trip because nobody, nobody digs it yet, you know? But it has its own little scene, too, right? Oh, I it's love it job. because it reminds me of Venice from, like, 30 years ago. Uh, well, the cool thing is is that in my neighborhood, there's only, like, one fast food joint. Like, it's all local businesses, which is cool. Yeah. And I'm getting to know it a little bit. I just landed. And everybody, if, you, if you're a local in San Pedro, you don't call it San Pedro. You call it Pedro. Oh. Good to know. That was lo- that was my first tip. Well, I'm sort of originally from San Pedro. I'm Croatian, so ah, we had a lot of family. Well, the Croatian. Well, my dad's side of my family um, when they came over settled in San Pedro. When they come, when they come over, Pedro, turn of the century. Oh, okay, and um, were they in the the shipping trade or anything like that? Uh, no, they came over and. Um, that, that was where the big community was, and then eventually they settled in Chinatown, which was the other half of the Croatian community. There's a there's a Croatian church on Alpine and Grand where that uh, my great uncle helped found. In San Pedro? No, in Chinatown. In China, yeah, because the the so did the two factions have a big fight or what? No, no, no. <laughs> that was just no, no. There was, so there there were the shipping, you know, the fishermen and all that kind of stuff, and then. Uh, you know, my grandfather, yeah, my grandfather uh, had the bar, which is now the Everson Royce. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and Mateo and Seventh, um, I think it is. Um, that that was there in the '30s, and they, we the, that used to be the family bar. No shit. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Well, with the Croatian Center is right around the corner, like a block and a half. Right. From, yeah, from yeah. The, no, that's a, and it still is a large. Uh, I mean. When when Croatia was in the World Cup, it was going to go there, but the the church um, in Chinatown had a big, yeah, big to do for that. So that was super fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. So I like it down there. It's cool. There's a bunch of galleries down there, and a lot of good artists. And and um, I heard, and I don't know if this is true, but I heard that they're bringing SpaceX to San Pedro to Pedro. Well, it's in Torrance now, right? SpaceX, uh-huh. yeah. And what are they going to do? I don't know. That's what people say. They're bringing SpaceX to Pedro. That's I don't what know if that's good or bad. Or is they going to bore or something? There'll be a giant hole. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, make sure you put an extra nail under the art. Yeah, I think it's, a, you know, it's definitely an up-and-coming place. I, you know, I've known people who have gone to Pedro, and they're like, oh, because it's inexpensive. But then you never hear from them again. You know, they don't come back. No, I mean, they're still there. But it's like they don't even you know, see them in the scene anymore. It's they like never they come. Like, <laughs> they've been sucked <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. It's it's kind of a trip, you know. You've got the, the people up on the hill and in, in Palos Verdes who don't want to come down the hill, really. Right. But um, Peggy Zask and Ben Zask have been doing stuff in that neighborhood for 30 years or so, and they're very well known. So, Anyway, so there's good people down there. Um, and so that exhibition, um, 
I'm really proud of those two exhibitions. And then we have regular ex the those are the last two months and then we'll we'll do in May, June we have a show called Edge to Edge, which is Estonian and Baltic artists mixed with Los Angeles artists. So the concept is Western Edge of Western Civilization, basically Southern California, mixed with one part of the eastern edge of Western civilization right on the border with Russia. And we're basically putting them together to see what they're up to. All right, so, and this show is up when? This show opens May 3rd, I think, mm -hmm. and closes uh, June, late June. Basically, the first Thursday is our, our, we do an opening on Thursday night for the people in the neighborhood, San Pedro first Thursdays. And so they have a first Thursday every month. Well, all the galleries are open, so it's a good time to go down there. But from L.A., it's a pain in the butt traveling through Thursday traffic. Mm -hmm. So to coincide with the Thursday opening, we have a Sunday opening for the L.A. folks. And that's how we do it. So, so that show's open from May till June. And in the meantime, between now and then, we have shows every month in the smaller space. We have a big, gigantic space, and then we have a smaller space. The smaller space has ongoing shows all the time. But those are the, the, those are the, that's the main show that's planned uh, and booked and exciting to go. We, there's a, there's, we've already got like five Estonian artists who are from this circus, this sort of performance troupe called Non Grata. And they've been traveling, they've been doing world tours for every year for 10 years or so. And they're the kind of guys that will um, come into a neighborhood, buy a beater car, drive it to a, an unoccupied place, set it on fire, stomp on it, run around, just do crazy outrageous performance stuff and push the envelope as far as they can. And people watch and dig it. They do just crazy performance stuff. And they have a pretty good reputation in the United States and around the world but they're not they're not not everybody in Estonia likes them but everybody else likes them they're called non grata and they're pretty awesome huh interesting and so will they perform at your space uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to come over but they just did a show at Jason Voss gallery like oh yeah, yeah up here that's how I met him because I found out somehow that Jason was doing after Cosmo Cavallaro's uh, big Mickey piece Mickey installation thing Jason Voss did a bunch of Estonian artists in his space and I found out and went and then um, it is it, I got to know these guys and we got a bunch of their artwork left here behind with us so we can show it and then there we're probably we're going to bring a bunch of other Estonian artists over to the US and then all that art from all the LA artists and the Estonian artists go back to Estonia this summer. We got invited to Estonia this summer. Nice. So, but I but the I think it's going to be fun. And I you know, it's a trip cuz the cultures are completely different and Estonia's just got free relatively soon ago like 1991. And so they're approach to art is in some ways a lot like the early 60s here huh. in terms of the kind of subject yeah. matter they're into pop culture yeah. well more like well yeah a mixture of pop and uh 
consumer driven, like consumer influenced, but also conceptual. Like they're they're those two extremes, mm. where it's objectified and also unobjectified, and um, and so they do some pretty outrageous stuff. And in some ways, it feels like the explorations we were doing in L.A. or New York in the early 60s, mid 60s, things like that. And I'm not sure whether this is true or not. I'm sort of exploring that option and thinking about that. Because hmm. I like to um, try to put stuff in context with art history and I try to like be open to stuff but also place it in, in ways that seems right. And it's interesting to watch what they're, what they're up to. Um, that's what this is all about, is just getting to know their, the breadth of their, their art stuff. Right, so you're not a trained uh, art historian or cura you know, curatorial, you don't have a real curatorial background that would be considered academic, right? Not at I mean, all. You have a film background. Yeah, I basically got a BFA from CalArts in art and film. And, and, they, and they said I could go to the master's program, but I had so much fun uh, for the first year after CalArts that I didn't go back. Uh, so my approach tends to be pretty <laughs> SoCal-ish, I guess. I wouldn't well, yeah, you have used the word stuff when you're referring to art historical moments, but yeah. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. Maybe that can be in, installed in the canon. <laughs> That's right. Like stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, stuff. Okay, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I pretty much take, I mean, I educate myself, I read a lot, I study, but I take a pretty hands-off approach when it comes to art speak. Uh, I think that that, that, that is kind of like the pharaohs on the top of the pyramids. You don't understand what the hell they're saying and... If everything's cool down here, you don't really need to hear it anyway. Hmm. And and there's there's a place for it, I'm I'm sure, but I would prefer to have work be appreciated by as many people as possible, and not just require an MFA to walk into a gallery. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I'm I'm, I'm with you. That's why you're here. I I, I think you know. I have a, a pet peeve with that, that, you know, that you, you, when you're an MFA and you're in the curatorial, excuse me, uh, uh, you're in the critique, you know, they insist that you have a spiel about your work, and it's like, you know, come on. I mean, yeah, you should understand what you're doing, but then when that becomes the narrative for what you're trying to do, it's just, I don't know. Well, it, it, I think it springs out of the conceptual thing. Um, everybody like having a concept ahead of the work itself and that puts the cart before the horse and like most people that I know that do work that goes on a wall or on the floor or 3D or 2D or whatever they like to the work to speak for itself and having support for that is, is fine verbiage or whatever but the work should be able to talk to the, the person who's looking at it outside of where the artist is and that that doesn't have to be the case all the time but it certainly helps to well people you know I've said this before on this cast it, you know 
people are going to unpack their psychological baggage in front of whatever piece of work happens. And you have no control over that. So you've just, you know. I just got a visual picture. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So why, you know, so e your best intention of, you know, I've structured it this way and this is what this means and this references that, is, you know. Well, that's all important. I, you know, I, I, sometimes when I go to a museum and I see, you know, the placards on the side, they're helpful. And other times I'm like, I don't really want to see that. You know, I don't really want to hear that piece of it um, because I would prefer and prefer to just, you know, look at the work. Well, I think that's that's why it's good that most museums make the placards kind of small type. They don't force the words on you and um, and you can read them if you want to um, but usually when I go to a museum uh, I uh, I look at the work visually first and then if I feel like I want more info I'll go check it out and I like right. I like to be able to come back and look at stuff but not the first go right and I, I think that what resonates for me I'm mean, a visual person so what resonates for me about an artwork is the memory, the pictorial memory, or the, the symbolic memory of the color, or the shape, or the line, or whatever it is. So I get a kick out of that stuff, and putting all that other stuff in your head sometimes is too much. Yeah, for sure. But um, um, but you're you come from like the book thing and the the collectible book stuff, and so you're do you work? pictorially or do you work like literally like how does your no well the book thing for me it was you know I, I uh, went to art school and um, you know uh, at USC and um, just collected books I, I liked art history you know actually I was the slide projector dude in the art back in the day when there were slides um, and uh, you know I'm did that as part of my, you know, tuition, right? And so I had to uh, go to art history classes like, you know, four or five times a week. <laughs> and but I really dug it. It was great. I learned a lot about art history, and then I started collecting art books. And so, and I, I've been collecting them since um, since then, right? So it's been a long, long time. So it's um, a long story why I opened the store, but. Uh, I did, you know, just to augment my collection and, you know, I had the time and, and the money to do it. So, um, so in terms of, you know, why I have books or why, you know, I don't particularly think of myself as scholarly, but um, I do appreciate, you know, back to where we were talking about, like, you know, it you don't need to know the history to appreciate the art, even though... You know, I have. I happen to know a lot about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, one thing I love about your bookstore is that when I go in, there's always something cool that catches my eye. The display is always attractive, but you know, you're, you you use the book display as an art gallery, and that makes the books attractive. The way they're placed next to each other, what colors you use, and what subjects are there, and. Um, you know, there's always a tantalizing photograph close at hand for me to look at. And uh, and I think that's really cool. And I kind of think that's what we're trying to do as 
if we're curating or showing films or we're we're making art we're trying to put put things together like we're collecting our thoughts we're putting it together on one in one canvas or on a bunch of them and uh, you know the easier we can you know the the easier we can make other make it for other people to see that the better so you mentioned film now you do you you have also a film series that you put on yeah for this festival, yeah this for this is our sixth year it's called the fine arts film festival and um, our first film is called semi-iconic the ballad of dick rossetti which is from seattle and it's about a dj who was in a bunch of semi-famous bands in seattle during the grunge era and his claim to fame is having interviewed all the famous guys from from several different eras of grunge and punk uh, early punk or late punk in seattle and somebody did a documentary about him and it's hilarious funny and it's a piece of art by itself and so the films that are in the festival are both experimental they're feature films that are set in the art world like art heist films but they're also like this they're about performance and literary stuff and obscure shit and they're meant to you know it's it's a fun festival to do I get to see things from all over the world and there's films that are made for a hundred bucks that are in the festival and films that are made for a million in the festival and we do a lot of premieres like last year we 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 did a premiere of um, Obey the Shepard Fairey film that Hulu let us play and we did a we premiered a film about Monet from Britain that hadn't been seen here before and we did a film about Dolly so we do everything and it's fun it's really fun and the submissions are open until like I think the late submissions are April 7th, and uh, the regular deadline just came yesterday. <laughs> See, this is, you're so Californian this way. It's like, oh, this is my festival, but like, I think the deadline was yesterday. No, no, the, the, regular, de <laughs> the regular deadline was yesterday. We still have a late deadline and an ultra-late deadline, which but is April 7th. Don't say anything about the ultra-late. No, that's only for people who are like really anxious and their film isn't finished yet and all that uh, stuff. But it's really so easy. So how do I, if I want to submit, how do I submit? You just go to the, you, you can look it up on filmfreeway.com and look up the Fine Arts Film Festival. Or you can go to the fineartsfilmfestival.com, arts with an S, the fineartsfilmfestival.com. Or you can also go to the website veniceica.org. And you'll find out all the details there. And it's much more articulate than the way you're hearing it now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, did go, I didn't go last year. I couldn't go last year, but I did go the year before. And there are some, there are some cool stuff, for sure. Yeah, we have, like, you know, I've expanded the judges. This year, I think we have 14 judges. And they range from people in the art world to people in the film world. Um, one of the judges is um, the guy who designs all of the rides for Universal. Oh, well, that makes him a perfect judge. What? Yeah, he drives. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's an architect, and he designs like the Hobbit ride and all kinds of other stuff for the for Universal but Studios. Why does that qualify him as a film judge? Because he's really smart, and his wife's an artist, and she's one of the judges, and he's he's super smart. We talk about film all the time. Uh -huh. Because Universal Studios is originally a film studio, so sure, all of his right. his rides are are based on film. Right. So he has to know how to tell a story on the ride. Oh, there you go. All right. Yeah. 
so we have that and we have we have a guy we have a a, 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 a guy who's um, let's see who's the who's one of our unusual judges we have um, one of our judges was the director of the first uh, Catwoman movie with Halle Berry huh? one of our judges last year was he should be disqualified for that it, well he said he said that that movie he, he I can say this he said that that movie stole his soul because <laughs> they wouldn't they wouldn't let him have Halle Berry they wouldn't let Halle Berry have sex in the movie because it was made for 13 year old boys and the studios didn't think they cared about it so nobody cared about her character because she never had sex in the movie and she and she didn't have anything to any bad when do 13 year old boys not care about that's sex? exactly right so he said it kind of ruined him for blockbuster movies um and he said he wants to make independent movies again well there you go he's a good guy though and then we have the we have a vr section so we have i don't know crap about vr but we have the head of we had last year we had the head of uh vr for warner brothers as a judge and um you know filmmakers and stuff it's fun Sounds fabulous. Yeah, and, and we so look at all the films. We don't like. And this is going to come until May, right? May twenty fourth well, and twenty. Maybe we'll have you back to come on. That'd be awesome. Have I taken too much of your time? Not at all. Okay, good. All right, good. Well, it's it's really cool. I, I like to talk about what's going on and uh, get people all the way to San Pedro if I can. <laughs> so once again, the San Pedro. It's a, it's it's Venice. It's the Venice Institute of Conde- the Venice Institute of Contemporary Art. We also call it Vica, and it's our galleries are in San Pedro at the Loft Galleries and Studios, and that's at 401 South Mesa Street in San Pedro. And you can find out about that on VeniceICA.org. And right. yeah, thank you, man. All right, well, thank you. <laughs> That was cool. <laughs> Appreciate it. And uh, perfect. Oh, good. Alright. You've been listening to AG Geiger presents Tales of the LA Art Underworld with me, Michael Delgado. AG Geiger presents is produced by Yours Truly, in conjunction with the Mayfair Hotel in downtown LA, the artist and music management company Regime Seventy Two and A.G. Geiger Fine Art Books in Chinatown. Please check us out, MayfairLA.com, Regime72.com, and of course, AGGeiger.com. Thanks for listening.